0: Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Review Podcast, the show that's come up with a novel solution to United and Chelsea's woes. Just buy some more players. Simples. Uh, we're looking back at the gritty, deserved 1-0 win over Newcastle on Saturday night to keep the pressure on title rivals Brighton. Uh, to discuss that, Laporte, transfers and more. So much to talk about as always, which is a good thing, I think. I'd like to have two big guns in. It's San and it is Lloyd. Good morning, or good afternoon. San, how are you doing?
1: Afternoon, Howard. I'm doing really good.
0: Yeah? Good yes, weekend?
1: Absolutely. Really good weekend. It was, uh, it was almost the perfect football, footballing weekend. And yeah, even outside of that, I had, had, a, had a really nice time. So no, it's been a good weekend.
0: Oh, good. Uh, Lloyd, how are you?
2: Yeah, I'm good. <clears throat> Made it up for the game, which was, which was great. Um, quick in and out for me to Manchester trains seem to be running a little better first train report of the season so hopefully that continues um but or no, even good.
0: after the match
2: I went back on the Sunday but ah, yeah. they... I thought
0: there's no way there's a train going back on the Saturday
2: nights. So. no there's no no way I'm even trying that because yeah there are lots of reasons why that would go wrong uh some of which probably to do with myself but <laughs> um no very good to be back and uh I thought it was a good atmosphere and yeah, good day.
0: How did it feel actually being back? It to me it just just feels like continuous nowadays. You know? It's not as if I've been away for a long time because it wasn't. It's no. just not that long. It doesn't feel that long ago, does it? though? you're in it anyway. Uh, summer flies by, so.
2: No, not, I agree.
0: It just feels like the next game for me. Yeah,
2: it doesn't feel like it's been like a long time since I've been there, mm. which. Which is a bit unusual, but I think that's partly to do with the fact that we got to the FA Cup final and the Champions League final, so yeah. our season was even more drawn out than the rest. Um, but it's back now, um, and yeah, I'm glad for it. And there's a lot, there's lots to talk about when it comes to City at the moment.
0: And yeah, well, I guess Chelsea was the last. Yeah, it was the last home game. Once it's so, it's quite a long time ago, but. It feels both an age ago and yeah, very recent as well. So, <clears throat> yeah. Before we get to the match though, I think there's uh, one thing worth discussing, Ace, hey, and I'm going to start with you. It does look, finally, the thing that's been coming for six months, if not more. Uh, Amy Laporte looks like he's going, and it looks like he's going to Saudi Arabia to Al Nasser for a fee of reported at £23.5 million. Now, if he does leave, as expected this week, we will, of course, on the player, have a pod dedicated to Laporte, his time at City, his career and everything, his highs and the odd low as well. But just for now, I'm still scratching my head, Ace, and it's all a bit weird, this, is it not? It's weird the fee... Look, I'm not going to lose much sleep about the fee, but it's still a bit weird. It's weird the lack of interest. It's weird how out of favour he is with... Pep, I think, but hey, Pep's a genius, so what he decides goes and and leaked in a way that once out of favor, there weren't pretty much every club in Europe trying to get him aged twenty nine This whole thing feel weird to you as well
1: I mean it does on the, on the face of it feel a little bit weird, but the the kind of, i guess the conclusion that i've drawn is that this is laporte 's decision I've the feeling that for him at 29 years old, the idea of stepping down a level and going and playing at Villa or at West Ham or, you know, I'm sure that there would there would have been plenty of what we would consider to be mid-tier options. And by mid-tier, I mean like Europa League clubs, like top half of Serie a or... La Liga, those types of clubs. Yeah, Villa, another one. I think there there would have been a lot of clubs like that that would have been interested in him. But I imagine for him, if he wasn't going to get a move to Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Paris Saint-Germain, then I suspect that he's chosen to go to Saudi and take the money. Um, So kind of, the, the only way that it makes logical sense to me is if I look at it from his point of view and go, no, this is his decision, this is what he wants. Because I don't believe, like, I've seen lots of people say, I can't believe that nobody was interested. I just don't believe it, just fundamentally. Like, there, there, is, there is, there are some things that just feel objectively totally unbelievable, and it is totally out of the realms of reality for me that there was not a single single, what we would consider to be top club. By top, I mean that sort of, you know, top half Premier League club, top half La Liga club. I don't believe those clubs weren't interested. I just think that he was never interested in a move like that. And one of the things that really reinforces that was that at the very beginning of the summer, when uh, Postacoglu was appointed uh, at Spurs, there were lots of stories in Spain that Postacoglu wanted Laporte and then immediately there were stories that he'd flatly rejected Spurs, that he had absolutely no interest in joining them. And it kind of became clear to me at that point that he's got an idea of his own worth and what he wants. And if he can't get a move like that, like it's one of them where if you don't get the footballing move that you want, well, you take the financial move, don't you?
0: Mm. But Lloyd the Fee still hints at the him not being in great demand.
2: Yeah, it's it seems way below market value in this current market where players have been going for silly money. Players that you look at and go, well, really? Um
0: Yeah. he's no Fabinho, is it, let's let's be honest.
2: Well yeah, I see it's a good example and like I think Ruben Neves was like 60 million euros. Um, obviously a little bit younger but I think at 29 Laporte still got quite a few good years in uh, in him at the top level. But I do think Asan's right. I was going to point to Spurs actually. I think that's the really good example because on paper when you think about which kind of Premier League clubs could be interested that just that just makes so much sense. He, he he'd walk straight into the team. They're building a new team under Postacoglu. It's obviously gone pretty well so far, but he turned them down, didn't he? I remember Nathan's bang on. I think it was June or July. That was just kind of one day's news, and then obviously he'd given it a no. So hmm. surprising, um, but equally, I don't think you can begrudge. I don't begrudge him the move. I think you know when you're offered that money. Um, you know, it's a very serious, <laughs> life-changing amount of money. He's well within his rights to take it. I just, it is just a bit astounding that one of the real top-level clubs hasn't moved for him. I, you know, I thought maybe Madrid, once Militao did his ACL, that mm-hmm. would have made sense. But I don't know. I I still think there's something to this that we don't know. Uh, something just doesn't smell right. Um, and part of what leads me to that is I was listening to. Julian Laurent's on his podcast and he was very much <laughs> jumping around the subject as if um, Gab was really trying to push him for, for what's going on and I don't know if you if listeners go listen to that that to me said maybe there is something that may, may come out once he's left City um, which could explain things a little bit more but I mean yeah on the face of it an outstanding player you know, what do you mean
1: to- <clears throat> sorry I've not heard that what do you mean I, I, well, go and listen to it, but... Um, what, they're it, saying thats from off the pitch?
2: It, that's what it sounds like, yeah. Okay. It, um, it, Jules was just very not drawn on it, but you could tell it was like he almost felt like he had something, there was something to say we couldn't say, we mm. didn't want to say. And I think something like that would make sense because, like I say, Laporte is, you know... I think he would walk into any pretty much any team in the world at centre half I think he's that good. So it is a bit of an odd one.
0: this well, when Cavadiël came in though, no, son, he had to go anyway, didn't he?
1: I think that sort of explains the fee. I think when you I think when you replace a player before you sell them, you you are more or less letting that player know that they don't have a place at your club anymore. So then I don't think you're in a pretty particularly strong position. Um, and so I can completely see why. I mean, look, if there's off-the-pitch stuff going on, it stands to even more reason that City would be accommodating in terms of when he goes, I want to go there, and they've made an offer, that City go, okay, fine. We're, we're not going to make it difficult for you. Um, so, Yeah. I mean, look, I think that he uh, was, uh, on his day, uh, an incredible ball-playing centre-back. Had a mistake in him, uh, but, you know, was uh, a key part of a lot of titles and a lot of trophies and, and will we'll go with my with my full admiration and my full respect. Do you know what I mean? I have nothing... I've really, I've really got nothing bad to say about Laporte. On mm-hmm. the contrary, when I think back to uh, the... 21, 22 season. The end of that season, the last four or five weeks, he played with a with a bad knee. You know, he, he basically played injured, and he held that defence together uh, and just got us over the line for the title. And that meant he had to have an operation, and he missed the start of the following season. So, how can you not love a fella that 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 does that for the club?
2: Mm. That was yeah. a proper warrior. That was his like proper Absolutely. warrior moment. Absolutely. wasn't it because I think Laporte. Fairly sometimes had criticism for being a bit soft and a bit of a funny, uh, and he would and he did have a mistake in him. But I think really that that running really showed that actually yeah. he's fucking nails, and, and he um, paid the price. Yeah, exactly. But he was happy to do that to get us over the line, and that's yeah. in a way that's like the ultimate sacrifice for your teammates and yeah. the coach and stuff, isn't it?
0: But well, yeah, yeah. As you said, the that's it's happening now on the twenty first. Does. All points to the fact he was, and that we got Gavardielli before he went, all points to the facts that he was waiting and waiting mm-hmm. to see what the offers were. And now, as we get to 10 days from the end of the transfer window, or thereabouts, yeah, there was no uh, Real Madrid coming in, so he's made his decision. Uh, should it go through, of course, uh, we'll have, as I said, uh, a full proper podcast on Amy reports so we'll come back to him. Uh, this week, no doubt. Right, let's talk football. Hey, Sal, I think it's only fair go back to you. Uh, I'm not going to deny that I may have predicted a 1-0 for this game. Oi, oi. Oi, I'm honest. I'm as honest as the day is long, Lloyd. <laughs> if it's uh, middle of winter, maybe. No, but I think my pessimism was that match on Wednesday night. And, of course, the absences and the the gap between the games was pretty pathetic, to be honest. should have been playing on Saturday. Uh, In a bad state, (laughs) really, and Pep would have uh, told you that. And after the match, uh, we're going to discuss his his quotes later. I don't think it was being pessimistic to say this was going to be a potential skin in a very tough game. But were you surprised, Ace, at the level of pessimism leading up to this match?
1: Yeah, massively so. I think that I think sometimes it, it it's really easy to to sort of not be able to see the wood for the trees, uh, particularly with football, particularly on a kind of you you exist in your own bubble of the next game and injuries, and particularly in the summer with trans with the transfer window, all of that stuff it can it can really cloud uh, people's uh, perspective, and so for me I was really shocked uh, at the negativity in the build-up primarily because the Etihad has been a fortress for some time now and it just it struck me that for us to first home game back having won the treble it's a big game it's a night game so I know two things for sure I know that the supporter base are going to be bang up for it and it's going to be noisy and it's going to be raucous. And you know the players are going to be bang up for it as well because the trophies will be out, all the treble talk will be there. So it just seemed very counterintuitive for people to sort of act like it's a midweek game in November and it's going to be a real slog and Newcastle are really good and, you know, just, I don't know, it it was just a very weird uh, build up to the game for me. I went into the game really confident. Just really bluntly, I just went into the game super confident. I felt we'd win. I felt that we'd be pretty comfortable. I felt we'd control the game. Um I didn't I didn't take anything from the Wednesday night friendly. I uh, genuinely I was the, the performance was irrelevant. Uh, yeah, no, I was I was bang up for it, mate.
0: Yeah, I wasn't taking anything on the performance, I was taking the fact that it happened. <laughs> then it's a fly back at 4am and Pep obviously mentioned this on the Friday yeah but I
1: think the re- performance was a reflection of the fact that, that there was a game on Saturday that just mm. to, that's sort of what I mean that everybody knew they had a lot of travel everybody knew they wouldn't have a lot of preparation time for Newcastle everybody knew the conditions on Wednesday night which is presumably why they played at somewhere between 50 and 70% for most of the game because it was a friendly and they knew they had a massive game at the weekend so I just I was I was